Football is upon us. It is here. It wasn't that great this weekend, but it's still here. So we're going to talk about that and some of the people that are in teams that Alabama is going to be playing. And uh, we got a lot to discuss, so let's get into it. Locked on Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good, good. Week zero. Game week. Game week. For us, yeah. Now, we had some games, and that's where I want to start. We got a ton to talk about, a ton. But I think we can start talking about a couple of the teams that played yesterday, especially those that play Alabama later on, Utah State, Vanderbilt. Um, we can certainly go there. We can talk about the uh, – Mike Shulinization of Nebraska. <laughs> that was one of the most bizarre games. It makes sense that game was in Ireland. It also makes sense that midway through the game, the stadium, uh, somehow their computers broke down, so all the beer was free because God knows Nebraska fans needed it. But um, let's go ahead and talk about Utah State and Vandy for a second, though, because we play Utah State coming up this weekend. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I watched that game beginning to end. I just wasn't going to do that. Um, but I did watch enough to think, uh-oh, Utah State's in some trouble. Yeah. Uh, they didn't play as well as anticipated. They didn't cover the spread. They're playing against a, a UConn team, which has been really, really bad, sort of the doormat of F FBS football for quite some time. Uh, they didn't play great. But uh, I would just urge people not to read too much into it now. You know, I, I don't think one game against UConn uh, in an opener uh, sort of tells you exactly who they are. I, I wouldn't discard all of what happened in last season. Just don't discard that because that's what you, you saw in 60 minutes, uh, you know, this Saturday. But at the same time, even taking into account how good the Utah State team was a year ago, Alabama's favored, uh, you know, by like 39 points for a reason. Uh, I never, you know, even if I'm sitting here telling you guys, Hey, uh, you know, trust me, Utah State will be exactly as good as they were last year. Don't even pay attention to that. I would still pick Alabama to win by, by 30 something points. You know, uh, it, it's not like they are Alabama or a top five team or a top 10 team. That's not the case. But I do think it was interesting that they didn't play quite as well as uh, as anticipated. They did win the game. Uh, they played better, I think, as the game went on. Uh, but this is not a team that should uh, play toe-to-toe -to -toe with Alabama. Uh, I didn't expect Alabama-Utah State to be really close uh, before uh, I saw the Utah State-UConn game. Uh, and certainly after seeing it, it uh, hasn't changed my mind. Uh, I, I do think Alabama's going to win the game uh, comfortably. Do I think Alabama's going to win 70 to nothing? I suppose there are Alabama fans that saw that Utah State score or saw the game and went, oh, we're going to crush those guys 70 to nothing. That's what I'm talking about, making too much of Saturday's game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like that, but uh, I do suspect Alabama is going to win uh, handily, and it will still be a pretty decent tune-up of sorts. I mean, in terms of this is not a, uh, uh, you know, a Division three terrible football team. I mean, I, I think this is going to provide Alabama with enough of a look to where – you know, the important thing, Luke, is that Alabama comes out of the game knowing what they have to work on. 
that's that's invaluable because it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to not this team won't be without its flaws. You need to know even week one. All right. Now that we're seeing them in action, what does Alabama, what do we need to specifically improve? I think Utah State will be enough of, a, of an opponent to uh, to help Alabama with that. Yeah, I do too. And look, I, I'm with you. It, it Don't read too much into this. Just like um, you don't read a ton into North Carolina semi-struggling with FAMU this past weekend. By the way, how about this, Jimmy? How about Drake May, former Alabama commit, starting for UNC and, and kicking butt, by the way. And then Riley Leonard from down there in your neck of the woods. He played at Foley, right? Fairhope. Fairhope. So I said Foley. I'm, I swear, I'm sitting there thinking Fairhope. Um, just 10 miles apart. Yeah, that's right. But he starts at Fairhope, and Duke just named him the starter today. This is a guy that you and I really, really liked when recruiting was going on for him. Um, he shoot, he was a heck of a basketball player. And so um, anyway, I just find that to be uh, interesting that North Carolina and Duke will both be quarterback by dudes that have Alabama tie-ins one way or the other. Now, Drake May is not from Alabama, but he was committed to Alabama at one time. Now, Jimmy, one other thing we need to talk about, um, we won't spend a ton of time on it because it's several weeks away, but Vanderbilt played last night against uh, Hawaii. I'd stay – the only time I would ever stay up to watch Vandy Hawaii is on week zero. And so that's what I did. I stayed up to watch most of it. And um, Vandy looked really, really good. That quarterback, uh, Wright, um, had, you know, a nice game passing, over 100 yards rushing. Um, Vandy wins 63 to 10. And again, it, you know, yeah, it's Hawaii. Vandy rushed for 400 yards. That's pretty bananas. Uh, when's the last time Vandy ever did that, I wonder? Uh, before I was alive. I mean, I mean, you'd have to go back in the way back machine for that, for sure. I I think, look, I know people say, ah, it's Hawaii. Yeah, like uh, it's Hawaii beat Alabama, you know, once. And and Hawaii is occasionally really good. Uh, Certainly, uh, it is a a destination for for a lot of athletes who like, well, why not play, you know, college football in in Hawaii? Uh, I I don't say uh, it's just Hawaii when you're talking about Vanderbilt and uh, I think that was probably the most impressive four quarters uh, for Vandy in some time. Now it wasn't too long ago, I guess that they uh, beat Kansas state, uh, which led Dan Walken of all people to say, Hey, I think uh, they're going to beat Alabama. (laughs) And then Alabama won, I think literally 59 to nothing, uh, which is kind of hilarious. Uh, but but it's probably the best Vandy win since that since that win over Kansas State, uh, and, and I, I couldn't have been more impressed because I thought Vandy would win the game, but I thought they would struggle to win the game because you know it's Vanderbilt and they won two games last year, but they look like a team, Luke. That I don't know, maybe maybe they get to four or five wins. Uh, not not uh, you know pretty good uh, pretty good effort and pretty. Uh, they look like they had players too. I mean, that, that's what kind of surprised me. It's like, dang, I didn't think that they would have dudes, but they, and and it's not dudes compared to Georgia or, or Alabama, but they they were better than I expected in every phase in every way. Yeah, I could see the. I mean, I'm not going to go through Vandy's schedule, but I could see them beating. Obviously, they've already beat Hawaii. That's wonderful. Uh, I can see them beating Elon. I can see they're beating Northern Illinois, but that game is at Northern Illinois for some reason. Sure. 
is for the same reason that North Carolina is playing at Georgia State or something and at Appalachian State for some reason. I, I, that makes no sense to me. Um, and then, you know, could they beat a South Carolina? Could they go on the road and beat a Missouri? Uh, could they sneak up on Tennessee again? Yeah, but I'll tell you, if you took the over on on Vandy winning on two and a half, I think it was the over-under was two and a half. If you took the over, you're feeling good. And especially yeah. after Hawaii scored a touchdown on their first drive, <laughs> you know, yeah. and then Vandy goes on a 63 to three run. That's pretty good. I don't care who you play. So um, Jimmy, let me go ahead and tell everybody now about a very important message. Uh, if you feel different, you drive different, you drive high, you get a DUI. Those are, those are key words to live by. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that can happen? You end up driving below the speed limit. Ha, ha, ha. It's no big deal, right? Nope, you're dead wrong. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind a wheel. If you feel different, you drive different, drive high, get a DUI. Folks, there's Uber, there's Lyft, there's buddies, there's parents, there's... Family, other family, get a ride. Don't drive high. All right, Jimmy. Um, I feel like you're talking to me when you do those. <laughs> that would be don't pot high. If you do well, drive, if you do drive high, you may end up talking to a lawyer, and he will answer the phone looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> for for those listening to the podcast, you didn't get to see it, but that was funny. Um, that, okay. was, that, that was uh, that was probably the uh, yeah that that goes in the scrapbook. That was a good one. <laughs> All right, I want to talk a little bit about some of the performances from this past week um, when it comes to Alabama recruits. Uh, Jimmy, I, you and I are known for being a little hyperbolic from time to time. We can be a little over the top. If we've said it once, we've said it a million times. I mean, listen, yeah, if, look, if there's anything I am, it's the most humble person in the world. Um, <laughs> but what I want to say is this, and I mean this from the bottom of my recruit-loving heart. I know what you're about to say before you ever say it. Caleb Downs may be the best I, recruit in the country. I knew you were going to say I, I knew we don't, we don't script this. We, we fact, didn't script it. We didn't script this. <laughs> I knew I knew when you started the whole spiel, I'm like, this is going to be about Caleb Downs. It's got to be. He was unbelievable. Jimmy, he does everything. I mean, it was amazing to me watching him play, thinking this guy, it's not only that this guy will help us next year. I He would help us this year. Not, <laughs> maybe not even just help us, maybe start as yep. – he was phenomenal. I, I can't brag on Caleb Downs enough. And for those who don't know, he's a uh, defensive back commitment to Alabama. I mean, he could play safety, play cornerback. I think he could play both. Probably going to end up at safety, wouldn't you say, Jimmy? My guess is I think safety is his best position. I also think he might be really good at star. Uh, yeah. But you need to ever take him off the field for any reason. Uh, so you don't want to just put him at star. Because then, then he, he wouldn't have- the field in regular. But uh, I think safety uh, – star similar to uh, what Brian Branch does, who's primarily a star, but Brian Branch practices at safety. But Caleb is a 
a whole different level than Branch, even though Branch is very good. Yeah, again, that's, that's no shot at Branch. I mean, no. it, it, it. I watched him on ESPN. He was he, Mill Creek was playing, I believe it was Norcross. That's right. And the they put him on offense, and the first thing he does is make a catch on an underthrown ball between two people. And the announcer said, you know, there was another guy wide open, but I guess when you have Caleb Downs on your team, you just throw it to him. It doesn't matter. And so then he had a pick six later. He made a tackle on a running quarterback that was so textbook that everybody fell out on the floor. And it's very rare that like your standard run of the mill tackle after an eight yard gain is going to make everybody go, wow. Like it wasn't a Reuben Foster on Leonard Fournette kickoff return hit. It was just so textbook that the, the football people were like, oh my God, that's, you don't see dudes like him making tackles like that. They might make tackles, but it's sort of a sling somebody down kind of thing. He broke the man down who was very good, a very good running quarterback. I can't remember his name, but um, I, I'm just telling you, Jimmy, this guy, okay, you you want to say Arch Manning because he's a generational dude and he's got the last name. You want to say Malachi Nelson? He's very good. He was on TV the other night. looked really good. I, show me a better player than Caleb Downs. I don't know that you can do it if you're not playing favorites. No, I don't know that I can. And uh, I, I, all I can say is I'm – Despite uh, all of my normal hyperbole, believe it or not, normally I don't project things to say like, hey, this guy's one of the, the best prospects we ever signed, and I think he's going to start as a freshman. I, I mean, I'm, I'm the guy that waters down that sort of stuff. I'm the one always telling the people that listen to the show, hey, tap down the expectations. It's, I mean, he's not going to win four Heisman. Uh, but I, with Caleb Downs, I just don't. I mean, I, I'm as confident – and saying that he's going to be a great player as I was when I was telling all you guys that Julio Jones was going to be a great player because Julio is sort of local to me. And, and uh, so I'd been watching him in high school for, for a while in person. And and I had 100% confidence Julio Jones was going to be one of Alabama's best players as a freshman. And then, uh, and, and then go on to, to exactly what he's done in the NFL. I'm going to surprise me in, in the slightest. Uh, I look at Caleb Downs in the exact same way. I'm 100% sure he's going to be one of Alabama's best players, and I believe that will happen next season. And I don't see us keeping him out of the lineup. It's a good timing for us, too, with losing Jordan Battle, DeMarco Helms to the NFL, possibly even losing Brian Branch to the NFL. Uh, Caleb Downs will be showing up at a good time because there will be opportunity there. He's gonna, He ain't going to knock on the door, dude. He's going to knock it down. He's no, I totally agree. He'll form totally tackle. And I'll tell you, um, we'll talk more about some other recruits later on in the week as this goes through for various segments. Uh, I do want to say congratulations to this guy. Again, he's not going to Alabama, but he grew up an Alabama fan. Christopher Vizina threw a touchdown pass with eight seconds left for uh, Briarwood to beat Spain Park. Briarwood is 6A. Spain Park is 7A. Um, I thought that was – that was a nice comeback for him, considering they got shut out by Clay Chalkville the previous week. Uh, Jalen Mbakwe had another nice game for Clay Chalkville, by the way. This guy is a dude. Um, it's, it seems like Alabama is concentrating heavily on speed dudes, and, man, Mbakwe's got it in spades. Um, he, he's a problem. Um, I, I watched Tony Mitchell and Peter Woods last night. Uh, neither one of them had their best game. Uh, they they lose the game, 
uh, I think was it Bartlett, Tennessee? Lipscomb. Lipscomb. Oh, Bartlett played Hoover. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Lipscomb. And um, Lipscomb scored two defensive touchdowns. And that was the difference in the game. One of them was a 100-yarder where Thompson was going in for the uh, leading score and they a fumble at the goal line and they take it back 100 yards. And this is so reminiscent of Thompson's first loss, which was against Justice, Justice Haynes' team at Buford, where Justice Haynes returned a kickoff for a touchdown and there were two pick sixes. Uh, <laughs> That's bananas, man. That Thompson has given up five non-offensive touchdowns this year so far. I mean, that most teams don't do that in a year, right? So yeah, that is nuts. And and, and just Thompson being zero and two, yet don't yeah. bet against them in terms yeah. of like who's going to win the Alabama seven A state championship. Don't bet against zero and two Thompson. Don't do that. Uh, I know a player that me and you follow that you like a lot. I love a lot. Uh, no idea if he'll end up at Alabama because it's so far away, but a uh, guy we'll talk about often here, 2025 quarterback, K.J. Lacey at Sarah Land against Murphy, who's not awesome, but a good team, big school. Murphy at one point was the biggest school in Alabama. The, they've always been 7A. I think they just moved to 6A for the first time ever. K.J. Lacey was 11 of 15 for 215 yards and five touchdowns. And I assume many of those were to Ryan Williams. Uh, I, to be honest, I saw KJ's numbers, and I haven't yeah. seen Ryan's. It's fair to assume that, but Sarah Land is is loaded with receivers. As a matter of fact, they got another sophomore receiver, Gill, who's probably an SEC player. So, uh, I, it, but good chance that some of that was, was to Ryan Williams uh, again, another one of these sophomores at Sarah Land. Uh, and then one other player I want to mention, uh, a junior, I believe, Josh Flowers. Uh, quarterback at Baker, he was responsible for the first three touchdowns of the game for Baker. They, they were up 21 to nothing at home against Wetumpka. They lose 24-21 on a field goal with two minutes to go. Flowers got sacked, and I believe he fumbled, and it was recovered by Wetumpka. Um, but, boy, I, t- I tell you, I still like Josh Flowers a lot. I know you do, too. So we'll Hello. talk about They'll eventually learn that to win the games, uh, Josh is going to have to play some of the second half on defense. Yeah, that's probably true. That's probably true. All right, Jimmy, we're going to go ahead and take another break. When we come back, I just want to talk about some miscellaneous things happening in the SEC because there's been a lot happen this past weekend, and it it indirectly affects Alabama. We're going to talk more about the Utah State game as the week progresses, but uh, there were some interesting news and notes from around the SEC. All right, Jimmy, first of all, I want to mention that uh, Alabama did pick up a commitment in in basketball uh, on Friday from R.J. Johnson, Uh, just like we predicted Alabama would get. I mean, it's not like we're savants here. I mean, he he was – We had a pretty good idea. We had a pretty good idea. I mean, everybody sort of did. But I'm going to tell you, um, again, I I watched film on him now, uh, what was available – I'm much happier with this than I was before. I was rather lukewarm on it, sort of like, okay, you know, um, that's fine. But I feel a lot better about it, and I feel like he will shoot up the rankings for those who are stargazers like us. Um, So R.J. Johnson commits to Alabama. That gives us two commits with him and Sam Walters. uh, uh, Sam Walters is a guy that's shooting up the rankings very quickly, too. So I feel like Alabama's going to end up with a very nice class again in basketball. Um, Auburn, boy, they fire Alan Green. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, 
again, full disclosure here, I think that that's probably the right move. I don't, it just wasn't working. Um, now you can say it's wrong in the sense that if, if it were any other university, for Auburn, I think it was the right play because Auburn operates differently than any other university on this planet. So I, I think that it was probably was the right move for them. He wasn't going to get in line with the uh, the power brokers, it sounds like. And um, it, he also apparently butted heads with Bruce Pearl a little bit, which right now is the dumbest thing you can do at Auburn. You know, again, rightly or wrongly, he is revered as a god. And so to butt heads with him is, is career suicide uh, on the plains. And then Auburn is also today named T.J. Finley the starting quarterback. Um, you know, we all knew this was coming. It still feels weird to say it because I'm going to tell you, I know a lot of Auburn fans. They have been saying all summer, if T.J. Finley's the quarterback, I'm not following this team. Well, he's the quarterback, and I bet you they still follow it. But, um, you know, the other thing I heard today on Sirius XM, Phil Steele was talking to Barrett Salee and uh, Stuart Mandel, I think it was. Oh, who was the – Andy Staples. Um, and um, he said he picked Auburn as his surprise team of the year in a good way. And he said, you know, if Tank Bigsby hadn't gone out of, had not gone out of bounds, they probably beat Alabama. And that's something I've heard a lot of. My retort to that is if uh, Georgia State doesn't miss a pretty easy sack, they lose to Georgia State. So, right. I mean, they're, they're, you can do this ifs and buts, candies and nuts thing all you want to, but right. um, it works both ways. So, again, I feel like. TJ Finley is winning this thing by default. I feel like Zach Calzada came in and it sounds like he disappointed. Uh, Robbie Ashford just didn't experience enough. I know some people that know Robbie Ashford. I think he's a good player. I, they, they consider him a very good player. Um, they, they've worked with him in a quarterbacking sense. And, um, but he can't overtake TJ Finley. Again, I'm not trying to shoot a kid down or anything. I'm just saying we saw TJ Finley last year. Is it, it's not real. It's not the, being crazy to say, hey, I'm not sure this guy is going to help Auburn win a lot of games. I do think Finley's sort of a high ceiling guy. And by that, I mean, it's possible. I'm not going to rule it out until I see it, but it's possible that T.J. Finley has significantly improved from last year to this year. That that wouldn't surprise me too much. I mean, he, he certainly is a capable kid. He certainly is big and strong, and he has a big arm. Uh, but what he really needs to improve on is accuracy. Uh, and quickening things up. Think, everything's a little slow. Sometimes he's not very accurate. Uh, so decision-making, uh, accuracy, all those things need to improve. But it wouldn't shock me if T.J. Finley's a better quarterback this year than he was last year. I think the, the main thing that Auburn fans are disappointed in, and it's understandable to me, is that I think when Zach Calzada announced that he would be transferring to Auburn, most Auburn fans right then, there, at that very moment, were like, well, Thank goodness our quarterback next year will be Calzada and not Finley. And then and it hasn't happened and, and it's not going to happen. It seems to me that even Ashford may have finished ahead of Calzada in the race. So we'll see what happens with Auburn. I couldn't disagree with Phil Steele more, although Phil Steele is very good at this. He's pretty good at, at, at the sleeper stuff. But uh, no, I, I see Auburn uh, winning five games or less. Um couple other notes. First of all, Haynes King named the starter at Texas A&M. That's a bit of a shock because Max Johnson transferred in. You would think um, he would have been the guy and was almost not promised the job, but felt like it should be his. Um, but, hey, I mean, I, Texas A&M was doing okay with Haynes King last year until he got hurt. Um, but 
I don't know that I don't think that bodes very well for Texas A&M to be honest. I also, okay. also find it um, found it kind of funny. Uh, everybody was retweeting, including me, or tweeting at Old Takes Exposed when they uh, there was a tweet from Tim Brando in 2018 that said Scott Frost will be the new Nick Saban. He will win three championships within a certain period and all this blah blah blah. Boy. Uh, talk about being way off, but uh, that there was the more commentator in this country more obsessed with and waves the flag more for a group of five schools than Tim Brandon. Oh. They believe Frost was going to be so good because of the miracles. He worked at Central Florida and G5s don't have access into the playoff. And, and, and I remember just a few years ago, they're not group of five. But uh, Brando picked Louisville to win the playoff, the national championship, I guess, when Lamar Jackson came back after he won the Heisman. I, I'm just saying, Brando, uh, man, he, 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 it's not surprising to me if he's uh, overshooting uh, something related to the group of five schools. Yeah, he, you talk about a guy that I wish I liked because I think he does have a passion for college football, but his rants on – uh, he, he takes these hardline stance on really stupid things and then just rides them into the grave. I mean, I'm just not a Tim Brando fan, really. He's always, you know, even going back to the Bill Curry getting bought out moment on ESPN. I mean, that, that, for those who don't know, uh, look probably it, up wasn't inaccurate. it probably wasn't what? an inaccurate report. It just, it, it was just bad time. I mean, Alabama, we, it's a, like a family thing, right? I mean, no one else can talk about the family, but it probably yeah. wasn't inaccurate. They no can't problem. talk about our pledges like that. Only we can talk about our pledges like that. That's right. Um, all right, buddy. That's going to do it for today's episode. When we are back uh, tomorrow, I think what we're going to do, Jimmy, you guys did a great job with on three. Um, you you did a, a story on Alabama football defensive superlatives. And I assume you've got one for the offense too. So we'll probably knock out yeah. offense and defense. Uh, on the same podcast, yeah, I think we'll Clint Lamb story. Yeah, yeah, it's Clint Lamb story. He put it all. Yeah, but you're involved. But we all, uh, we all participated. Me, uh, Andrew Bone, uh, and Clint Lamb all uh, submitted answers to various questions, and it's kind of superlatives from camp. We're also working on a big uh, prediction thing uh, that will be out this week, and uh, yeah, we're uh, kicking out the content over there. One more thing I gotta say before we go: I watched game day yesterday because I'm always gonna watch game day. Right. Um, God bless Lee Corso, and I don't ever want to. I don't want to lose him. I mean, he's college football to me. I mean, I'm tearing up. But yesterday, when he got a little confused and said that the winner of the SEC championship won't win the SEC championship, you know, it just—it's it, a sad moment, and so I just hated it because it was so much fun. And there's part of it that's kind of funny. But there's in a not funny like haha I'm laughing at a guy who's been through some you know trauma, but funny in the sense that like he's so lovable that you kind of like even he would laugh at it. Um, I there's part of me too that look I, I watch game day for information, you know, and I it's tough when the guy is he just doesn't seem like there's not everything's clicking. And again, I think it's fine to have him on there a little bit, maybe to have a pre-recorded thing or something, or even let him just do his selection at the end, the headgear thing. That'd be awesome. Don't ever, man, do that until he's gone. Right. But, but this stuff where he's given analysis and and he he just sort of loses his train of thought. And again, it's going to happen to all of us. This happens to you and me on this pod now. So I'm not <laughs> making fun of him. I'm just saying that, right. you know, sometimes 
It's just time to move forward. And I don't know who in the world would take Lee Corso's place. And God knows I love him. I think he's wonderful. Even when he said Alabama couldn't beat a high school team against Tennessee and we beat them in 1990, I still love the man. He's awesome. He's, he's an institution. Yeah. But sometimes it's time to move on, right, Jimmy? Puts ESPN in a bad spot. I think yes. puts all of us puts all of us in a bad spot. And, and but I, I just know myself. What I encourage everybody to do is just uh, it, it would hurt too much to have game day without Lee Corso. So I'll take the uh, the, the flaws. I'll take the uh, I'll, I'll be patient because I, I don't want to consider what it would look like without him at all. But yeah, I, I'm guessing. Uh, they are working on ways to uh, uh, not minimize is the wrong word, but uh, you know, the analysis needs to come from, uh, from, from Herb Street and Pollock and Desmond. No, Uh, no, no. No, Desmond Desmond needs to listen to my live read from earlier about not, not doing dope and then going on game day because to have a, (laughs) to have, what was it? Pittsburgh, Michigan, Texas A&M and, yeah, he had, he, had, he had A&M beating Alabama and winning the SEC. Uh, winning it all, Jimmy. He had him winning it all. And and that's and but you know my here's my thing about that is I, I think that's nuts. It's nuts. And, and and my initial reaction is, gosh, if you're not going to take it serious, why do you have that job? But let's also look at it this way. I, I saw someone else uh, in response to Josh Pate or somebody uh, you know predicted the playoff. And Josh Pate had. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, and Clemson, which we you know is like total chalk, and he was getting getting crap for it. You know, like Josh, uh, that's boring. That's boring. Boo! Oh, like oh, you're you're so brilliant going with the best four teams. So I guess it's like, well, Desmond didn't do that. Now, is this making the people that criticize Josh Pate happy that Desmond picked up the chalk, broke it in half, and stomped on it? I mean. So it's like, what do, you, what do you folks want? Do you want the chalk picks or do you want something exciting? And see, I, I, I like it sort of when they go on a limb, uh, not because no. I just think it takes some guts. To take, see, I like being limb. right. I'm sort Give of a chalk guy because I want to be right. That wasn't a limb. That was the kind of limb that you go out on that Wiley Coyote used to go out on. And then, you know, the roadrunner would cut the tree and there'd just be the limb left. And then it would just yeah. fall down. All right. We got to get out of here. We will get with you guys tomorrow. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate you so much. Roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.